right, that, that was a good reminder to me that I need to get on Amazon and get like the super soaker, the biggest one I can get before the 20th. I, I got to be re- I got to come ready this time for sure. I was not prepared last time. All right, so as, as Doug mentioned, this young uh, man who had gone from spiritual death to spiritual life as he put his faith and trust in, in Jesus. And this being reborn, this idea of the Spirit of God working in our lives, in our community, in our church, um, there's a conversation that was taking place in John chapter 3. Uh, between a guy, a very religious individual named Nicodemus, um, and Jesus. And so there's a really good scene in Chosen, if anyone has seen that show, um, highlighting this conversation in John chapter 3 between Nicodemus and Jesus. And so if you would, it's a little longer than normal, but if you would turn your attention up to the TV screen, and we'll watch that video, that clip. Don't know where to start. I have so many questions. I Shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. The Eastern Slums. Hmm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Mm-hmm. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. 
you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind? How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the spirit. The spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the spirit, you can recognize his effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes. And I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen. And it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? When I met. So we're continuing this series, um, the Summer of Psalms, and if we look closely in the Old Testament, the Psalms are in the Old Testament, we can see the types and the shadows of Christ coming Messiah, we can also see that coming of the church itself. Psalm 87 was the psalm that I was led to this week and have been praying about. And it really speaks into exactly this conversation that we're seeing with Nicodemus and Jesus. In Psalm 87, Nicodemus, being a, a Jew, um, would collectively in the community would have sang these songs a lot over and over and would have prayed these songs over and over. And for Jesus to say, hey, you're, you're the teacher, teacher of Israel, 
yet you don't know this idea of being reborn. And so I want to read Psalm 87 and, and just pray that God would speak into o- our hearts uh, this morning uh, just about his word and, and um, what he wants us to take from this. Let's, let's pray over that first. Dear Father, Lord, I, uh, I pray that you would uh, just speak into our hearts what you want to speak into us through your word. Um, Lord, I pray you would use my weakness to speak to every one of us here. I pray that you would speak into your church as a community to let us see what we should be doing as a church as we follow you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. All right, 87, Psalm 87. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion, which sometimes is referred to as the people. Uh, But here we're talking about specifically the city of Jerusalem. More than all of the dwelling places of Jacob, glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistine and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And I want you to pick up every time it says born. This one was born there, they say, and of Zion it shall be said. This one and that one were born in her. For the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord records as he registers the people's. This one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, all of my springs are in you. And you may be like me. The first time I read this psalm, I was like, what? Like, I don't get it. I reread it and pray and reread and pray. And thank God we have study Bibles and commentary. And uh, I've been reading specifically a book by the guy named Eugene Peterson. And he wrote this book called where treasure is, and this is one of the psalms that he talked about specifically, and it helped me come up with the title of the sermon is From Self to Community, From Self to Community, and I believe that our world that we live in, we're red-blooded Americans, and, and what we're taught is a lot about individuality, and there's nothing wrong in itself, but we see like Psalm 1 is about the individual, blessed are you. But Psalm 2 quickly gets into the collective, the community. Blessed are they. And the Psalms carry that on into community, collective. Living in Jerusalem or going to Jerusalem, going going to the city, collectively worshiping the Lord and, and doing the work of the Lord. And so I'm just praying that our mind shifts a little bit um, for what we're taught in America from being about self to be more about the good, the better good of the community and the church. And Psalms really shows us prayer in action. Prayer in action. You see, people would have been praying these Psalms collectively, together. They would have been singing these and praying these together. And I want to see specifically, I pray that we see exactly what they were praying for in Psalm 87. And they're they're praying over this 
new life that's born, and in our new lives, those that have come to new life together. You see, the Psalms may have been composed in private, whether it be with David or whoever it may have been that wrote the psalm, but they were designed to be sung and to be prayed collectively, to be prayed collectively. And that is my prayer, and I want to spend some time at the end of the sermon that we would just pray together, like in your seat and quiet, but we're just going to pray together over the psalm and what it's pointing us to as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And what it's really pointing us to is that we are citizens, that we have been reborn, just as Jesus was explaining, that when we are reborn spiritually, we're reborn as citizens, citizens into the kingdom of God. And I want to look at what that means in just a little bit. Because a life confined to self is a prison. It is a prison that robs you of your joy. We are not designed as Christians to be solo Christians. We are designed as Christians to be citizens of heaven, of Jerusalem, the city, to work collectively together. If you caught in Psalm 87, I want to read that again to you in chapter 4, 5, and 6. Amongst those who knew me, I mentioned Rahab and Babylon. Behind, behold, Philistine and Tyre with Crush, Cush. This one was born there. And later we see this one and that one were born in her. And the next one for the Most High himself was establishing her. And at the end of verse 6, this one was born there. You see... Birth is a mystery. Life, new life is a mystery. Yes, I know how it happens. I have four kids. But going from darkness to light is a mystery. We are are in awe of new life. Like Amanda, like she can't get enough of like birth and babies. Like she does, I mean, there's a baby around. She's going to be there. Like we are in awe of of life. Our VBS this year is about sanctity of, of life, that we value life. Um, we're created in God's image, that we value life, whether it be from animals, from young people to old people, and all of the diversity of life that God has created, that we value life because we are in awe of life, that God created everyone in his image. And something to go from nothing into darkness into life, it's such a miracle to God and it's a mystery to us. Even with knowing that life comes into this world where there is death and there is disease and there is hunger and there is heartache, yet we still are in awe and wonder of life that God creates. In verse 4, I want to go back to that again. It says, Amongst those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon, behold Philistine and Tyre and Cush. And you may wonder, what is going on here? Those are some really weird names for people. Like I, if I give birth to someone, that's not a name I'm going to give to my child. Anyone want to name their 
child Tyre, maybe? I don't know. I had to look that up. I was like, how do you pronounce that? Tyre? And I was like, oh, it's Tyre. I, I, can, I can say that. But these aren't individual people. These are nations. These are nations that it's talking about that have been reborn. And these nations were enemies of Israel. Rahab was an, is an ancient name for Egypt. The Egyptians had enslaved the Israelites for over 400 years. These are known enemies of Israel. Babylon had knocked down Jerusalem walls, if you recall maybe in the Old Testament. And they had pillaged and plundered and destroyed the city. Philistia was a coastal, coastal enemy of Jerusalem. And Tyre, rob, they were robin bearers of the ancient world. And then Ethiopia, they were hired mercenaries during that time that helped with these enemies to come against Jerusalem. And you may wonder, well, how in the world then did they get into this specific prayer in Psalms? And the answer to that is that they were reborn. We see that, that they were born, that they were reborn into this new life, what we call true life here at True Life Community Church. They were born into new life. They had a radical change that could only be explained by being reborn. You see that Hebrews at the time, and Hebrews had direct descendants into to Abraham, and they were part of, they were Jew, they were Jews, Jewish. There was lots of persecution at this time, and the Hebrews had been dispersed all around to all the nations, to the nations that they didn't like, to their enemies. And what happened when the Hebrews were dispersed into these enemy territories, into all nations, is that the people began to see how they lived. They weren't extraordinary evangelists. It wasn't a bunch of Billy Grahams running around out there. It was just how they lived their life. They were covenant. They took their covenant with God seriously. They had great faith. They, they lived according to how they said they were going to live. And that be, began to get noticed by the people, by their enemies and who they lived with. And some became Jews. Some said, I like what you have going on here. I see the light. And through their faith, they became Jews. Now the Hebrews were able to come back to Jerusalem. They were able to come back and different festivals, Passover, festival of the booths, different things like that. And when they came back, People in Jerusalem were looking out and they said, whoa, we see people that are totally different. They have different skin tones. They look different. And they're coming with the Hebrews to Jerusalem. It was those that had put their faith in God and had seen what the Hebrews were doing and the religion that they had. And they were coming with them because they had been converted. And we see that here in the scriptures We were told in 
verse 5 and 5 and 6 at the end it says for the most high himself will establish her the lord records as he registers the people this one was born there as they sang that to themselves as they prayed that to themselves they were reminded that their god-given purpose on earth was to be a light to the world no matter where they were to all nations they were to be the light of the world that was their God-given purpose. It was their covenant with God to worship God and to be the light to the world, to all nations. And when they saw them coming back with people that had put their faith, that had been reborn, they celebrated. They celebrated. They're coming back to community, to Jerusalem, to be together, oneness. And they're worshiping God. Eugene Peterson put it this way in his book. He said, the appeal of the Hebrews was authenticity to a living God and a passionate people. If we are passionate about God, we love each other as a community if we're concerned about others where we live, seeing the light of Christ, and we celebrate those that have been reborn, what a work that God would do through us. If this is our purpose as a community and as a church. Verse 1 it says, on the holy mount stands the city he founded. The city that he founded. That we are, as Christians, we were reborn. Not into the countryside to live alone and be self-sustaining. Man, and I have been watching that show alone. Anyone ever watch that? It's kind of neat. Like ten people go out and they try to live as long as they can by themselves, be self-sustaining and all that. And it's really surprising. It's not surprising to me because I was in the military and I realized how quickly I missed my family, but how quickly they miss their family and their community. It's not a lot of times that they're, I mean, they are hungry, but a lot of times that they tap out because they're so lonely. But we are born as, reborn as new citizens into a new city. Not to countryside, but a city to work collectively together as a community for the good of others. In verse 7, it says, singers and dancers, the last verse, singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you. They've been given new life. Others had been given new life, and they celebrate, and they sing, and they dance. God tells us to pray for His kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. That we as Christians are part of a kingdom. I heard someone last night, they were talking on a podcast, we were picked up Natty and Kelsey, they went to church camp um, last week, and we went to pick them up and drove in the back to listen to a podcast, and a lady had said the difference between a local church and the big C church, like the, the big church, around the world church, uh, she said the difference was is that it's like running a race, right? There's an analogy that we see in the Bible. As Christians, we're running a race. 
And at the end of the race of a marathon, people are exhausted and they're tired and there's lots of emotion, but there's always that little group of people that are there cheering them on. Way to go. Good job. And that's the local church, the local body, cheering each other on. As we follow Christ, we're running our race. We're we're there to encourage one another. I know it's hard. Keep going. I'm proud of you. You got this. You can do it. And as you see the other little families and units at the finish line cheering their racers on, that's the big C church. That's the collective body of believers. And we're all cheering each other on. I thought that was such a good analogy. Fast forward to the New Testament. What God tells us to be, the Bible tells us to be, says that the Christian community is to love one another. 1 John 4.12 Believers are called to encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13 To spur one another to love and to good works. Hebrews 10.24 to serve one another, Galatians 5.13. To instruct one another, to honor one another, to be patient with one another, and forgive one another, Ephesians 4.32. To bear one another's burdens, and to speak the truth to one another, Ephesians 4.25. The local church is a place where the Christian community can put their calling into practice. And that our love for one another, our love and fellowship for one another, should be a light to the world. Should be attractional to the world. Just as the Hebrews were when they were out in the nations. And I think sometimes, and I've been guilty of this as well, but I think sometimes in our American culture of individualism, that we, sometimes we look at the church to say, how can the church serve me and how can the church entertain me? And if you have those verses and, and that's something the Bible says, I'd love to see them and I'd love for you to tell me about them. But the, the Bible says that the church is a collective body of believers that's been reborn that work together for the good of the church and the community. To encourage one another, to serve one another, to outserve one another. To be the light to the world that for those that need to know about Jesus. Because like we saw in the video, like people's problems are not, the biggest problems they have is not the world and all the things, the politics and the cost of living. Like yes, it's going up and that's terrible. Inflation is terrible. Politics are terrible. But the biggest problem that people have is their sin that separates them from God for eternity. That is the biggest problem that they have. And, and just as Jesus says in his words in John 3, we don't know how the Spirit of God works. But we do know that he uses the local church and he uses Christians to follow Jesus and to serve God, to tell others about Jesus. How that works, 
How people come to faith, we don't know. But God does use us. My, my prayer, and I want to stop at the end of this sermon, I just want us to just pray that True Life Community Church continues to become the community that God wants it to be. We're praying about opportunities for that. I know it's hard to get to know new people, um, whether it be life groups or come back to pastor for pizza next week, get to know people, events, opportunities to serve. We could talk about that during pizza with a pastor. But these things are dying to self, serving others, and, and, and opportunities to build relationships and be in community with other believers. And that's so important. And I get it. It's not in our nature to want to do that. Like Amanda used to have to drag me to community groups kicking and screaming when I first started. But then I began to see how God uses that and how he grew me through that and how I got to see like other Christians don't have it together like I thought that they did and how they have the same struggles that I do. And begin to build relationships and we can encourage one another. But as Eugene Peterson said in his book, that the solution is just not trying harder. The solution is in prayer. And I believe in prayer is that we're, we're confessing our weakness to God. The Bible says that God uses our weakness. His, his power is made perfect in our weakness. And if we humble ourselves to a point where we say, God, we, we can't do this. We can't see people come to faith. We can't be the community ch- church that, that you want us to be. We just can't do it. We need you. We need you to work within us. You are the one with all the power. Jesus said before he ascended in heaven, like all power and authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So why would we not humble ourselves and go to the one that has all the power and the authority on heaven and earth? So again, Psalm 87, we were once a stranger. Just like the people in the nations, the enemies, we were an enemy of God. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, through God, through the work of Jesus, we thank God we became believers. Thank God we have faith in Jesus alone. Thank God we're citizens of heaven. Thank God we have purpose on earth. That God calls us to do something we could never do on our own without his help. That we were reborn, as John 3.14 says, that we were, rebo- we were reborn spiritually to have eternal life. Praise God. And now we're called to follow Jesus and to help others see the same too. Go to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded that we have purpose and meaning on this earth. And we do that as citizens collectively through the local church. So if you've never heard that before, that your biggest problem is sin, that that separates you from God for eternity, Jesus lays it out clearly. Just as the Israelites, as they were wondering 
around aimlessly. They weren't thankful for what they had and bitten by snakes and were dying. God provided them a way to be saved. He said, now Moses, all you have to do is lift up your staff. They looked upon that and they will be saved. God says, I'm going to provide you and I the easiest way to be saved. You can't do it. I'm going to send my son Jesus to die and to be lifted up on a cross. For all of those that look upon Jesus will be saved. All of those that put their faith and trust in Jesus will be saved. You believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. You confess that with your mouth and you believe that God raised him after the third day. The Bible says you will be saved. It's not through your power or your might, not through what you've done or what you will do. It's all about what Jesus has done. If you've never done that today, I would pray that you would ask God for forgiveness. For Jesus to come into your life. To be your Lord, to be your Savior. He will give you a life of purpose, a life of meaning. It won't be easy. But you'll have people around you at true life that will encourage you, cheer you on, and when you come stumbling in, we're going to be there for you because we love you. What I'd like to do is just take a few moments now and uh, just call out to the Lord in reflection of this Psalm 87 that we want to be a city on a hill here. That we as individuals want to be a light. That people around us that see us. That see us as followers of Jesus. They say, that is something that I've been missing in my life. That's something that I want in my life. And when we see people come here that have been reborn, we will give all praise and glory to God. That we want to be a community, church, that people around us say there is something special about the way that that church loves one another. And we want to be part of that. But we can't do that on our own. Just as the Jewish people sang and prayed this Psalm 87, went to the one who has all power, Let us do that now. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, I pray that you are humbling our hearts. We are reminded that we are just dust. That we are a, our time on earth is just a mist. That you are holy. You are the same a billion years ago, and you will be the same a billion years from now. That, Lord, you call us as new citizens to not be lone wolf Christians, that you call us into a city, on a hill, called the local church, and as messy as it may be, that is your design, you designed it that way, we didn't, 
so that others would see our faith, they would see our love for one another. And as we go out into the nations, into different neighborhoods and community, Lord, as, as we are disbanded, that we would be the light there. And as people are reborn, we would celebrate that. Just as this young man was last week. Lord, we don't know how that happens, how that works, but we are thankful that you use us, that you are such a loving and faithful God. Lord, help us to be the community that other people in the area see as, as people that love one another, that encourages one another, spurs each other on to the race that we have all been given. Lord, we're asking you to do this within us. Because we can't do it on our own. We are so sinful. We are so weak. Lord, I pray that you're hearing our, our prayers. Lord, we want to be like the Hebrews in Psalm 87. We will desire people just as your heart desires. We are created in your image. We have been reborn. You desire for everyone to be saved. Lord, help that to be our, our desire, to see people reborn. Lord, help us. Lord, I thank you for every single person that's here. Lord, those that have prayer requests, those that are dealing with things in their lives, I pray you would be with those. You would heal bodies. And, um, Lord, if there's anyone here that needs prayer individually, I pray that they would come and, and ask me afterwards, after this next song, and we'll just pray over them. And Lord, we love you. We thank you for being reborn. Thank you for our citizenship in heaven. And all God's people said, amen. Please stand and join us. <laughs>